Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Speakeasy, the officially unofficial podcast for Boardwalk Empire on HBO. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're talking about Season 5, Episode 2, titled The Good Listener. The Good Listener. Pretty fitting mm-hmm. with the opening and the closing uh, of this episode. Zoom is swirling around people's ears. Uh, ears are getting chopped off this season. A lot of stuff with ears. Hard, hard to be a good listener like Tanino when your uh, ears been been removed. Yeah. No, that's tough. And uh, Gus Grandpa. So, so... Am I to think that the beginning of this episode is what's going, what Eli misses about his old life? I was, I, good music, his fucking his wife. I feel like drinks, it was like some, you know, and, a colonoscopy. Uh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm sure you can't relate, but you know, when you've just had way too much to drink. No, never. And, and, and you just start having this synesthesia where, like, all your senses run together, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're listening to conversations and a party going around, and it's like you know, everyone's five miles away, and suddenly there's someone in a Batman costume in your face, and <laughs> yep, then you're yep. throwing up in a kitchen sink. Yep. Uh, you know, I feel like that maybe that it's like he's 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 hearing a little bit of the music that was actually in the room, I think. And, uh-huh. you know, he's thinking about his wife and his family and how much he misses having sex with her. And I don't know. It's like a, 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 a big a big stew. I feel like it's definitely what's going on in his mind. OK, it's it's a booze dream. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of thought when I saw this that we were going to transition into a little bit of uh, young Eli recollection. Oh, that'd be interesting, yeah. Yeah, but, because, you know, what's Eli in this, you think, six? Yeah, he's pretty young. Definitely old enough to start forming memories, especially around something as powerful as your sister dying. Sure. So I I thought they might go in that direction a little bit, but Mm -hmm. they didn't, so. No, they stuck with Nucky, and he's, uh, you know, of the age where he can definitely understand what's going on. And start actually having... An externalized opinion on things is that, you know, you, you can start thinking in terms of this is a there's a larger world out here than what's in my father's domain. Uh huh. You know, your first job and all that kind of when you get a first job at like nine or ten. I, I don't know. That's one of the things I thought I think it's fascinating when you look at a kid that's like nine or ten years old. and He's got this much pressure on him. <laughs> like yeah. how fundamentally that different is that that is different than a regular nine or ten year old. Makes you start looking like alfalfa. Uh, <laughs> it <laughs> it makes your eyes bulge. Yeah, yeah, it's rough on the the physique of a, a child. Sure, let sure. alone the mental state. The bussimification <laughs> has already begun. 
Yeah, he he was a cute kid <laughs> till his sister died, and then good God, it all yeah, went to sister hell. Dad di- or died. Uh, dad started drinking. Yep, went to hell pretty fast. What do you think of this episode, just in terms of quality, enjoyable uh, entertainment? So I've not been blown away by either of the first two episodes of this season. Mm-hmm. I thought they were good, but they're not excellent. Yeah, uh, you know they they look great as usual. Sure, it's just I there's not. I, there's not a lot of interest for me, really. Yeah. I mean, I am interested in seeing, like, if this is going to be the season of the downfall of Nucky. Yeah. That sounds cool. Uh, they just haven't gotten there yet, and I'm I'm waiting for the, the real juice to come out of this. I feel like I was a little bit more relaxed as a Boardwalk fan in this episode. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but last episode, all I could think of is, oh, my God, I don't. I don't really care about <laughs> Nucky of all the characters, huh. let alone going back to see a, his boyhood that I already know the broad strokes of. I know about sure. he has to his terrible father. I know about the terrible things that went down between him and the Commodore and Jillian and how that all kind of went into his stew of his fucked up rise to power. Like, yeah. I, I, why do I need to be explicitly to- told? But I feel like that... Maybe if I have a little bit more faith faith in winter in the process here, that maybe this is going to make sense of, you know, th- this is kind of like one of those classic one last heist things, hmm. where okay. and that's why I kept thinking he's like, you know, the the uh, the re- depression hit him hard. Yeah, but you're still flying to Cuba in in, in the early 30s. And <laughs> you're not in line for bread. You're not in line for bread. You're going. Yeah. You're traveling. You got expensive suits. You've got a manservant who's also an assassin. Like, yeah, you're you're negotiating deals with these big, big powerful. That this deal itself, if he just sells, mm-hmm. you know, for pennies on the dollar, is probably going to make him independently wealthy person at the time. Like, why? You know, what is all built into this struggle to be a great man? And for that to make sense, maybe they do have to go back and tell the story of Anakin Skywalker. I don't I don't know. I, yeah, I, I hope he does a hell of a lot better job than Lucas. I, I think you're right. You do need. Well, OK, so you're not saying that you do need it, but I, I'm going to say I think you do need a little bit of that because we understand what happened to him. You need to see how it affected him, though, I think. No, sure. And Nucky's been a cipher for a lot of the show. You don't understand why he has the relationships with the women that he does. Sure. Like, what is exactly he wanting out of this? And, and you know, why he makes some decisions he does and why he kind of checks out in business at certain times and then he's all about it and why he doubles down on a gang, being a gangster when he does, why he... Continues yeah. to give Eli more ch- and more chances um, <laughs> and their whole relationship. And and also I feel like that maybe that going back to his past is also going to help us understand Willie and and where he's coming from with whether he's, you know, w- with the uh, U.S. attorney. You know, the open question this episode, I think, is, is he playing the U.S. attorney false <laughs> or is he playing Nucky false? Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be, you know, whether this is um, Nucky going out on top or whether he's going out in a pine box or whether he's being ruined, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's something I don't really figure out. I have no idea what Terrence Winter's sensibility is. There's a definitive answer if you look at Nucky Johnson, who he's based on, mm. but they said the whole reason they changed his name is so they could do whatever the hell they wanted with his ending. 
Interesting. So okay. that means nothing about the real life Johnson and, and, and how he ended up can can inform Thompson, or maybe it does. I mean, you just maybe, don't know. But they've taken fairly big liberties with the real Certainly. historical characters. Certainly. So even who knows things, what they do with one who's not actually in the story. Yeah, even on things where they're fairly accurate, like, you know, uh, Joe the Boss getting knocked off last episode – most accounts put do not put Luciano, uh, huh. Luciano, Lucky Luciano, whatever the fuck his name is, yeah, uh, at the scene of the crime, or even have his involvement that deep. So, hmm. okay, they do that a lot, and it is a very fictionalized, juiced up version of the actual events. But yeah, I don't know it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I, I so I, I thought, and and I am kind of intrigued at. Why it's kind of like Margaret last episode? Like, how in the hell? <laughs> Seven years. They, that's that's the perfect excuse to just not go back and visit any of those storylines. Sure. Why are they bringing Margaret and Jillian? Just because they need those women, or it's just a uh, sausage fest? I don't know. So, I'm, this I'm a little not enough. I'm a little intrigued by the pen and paper. That, sure. That uh, what's her face. Jimmy's mom, as I've known her throughout the entire series, mm-hmm. having having blitzed through it, uh, I'm a little intrigued what she's going to do with that, and maybe it will tie her back into kind of the main story arcs uh, later this season. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt there, but I, I I would not have been sad to never see her again. Same here, and even Mar, I I'm probably a bigger Margaret fan fan than you. Uh huh. I really liked her story in the first two seasons and i thought even sure i even when it got really really fucking creepy i liked it it was it was interesting or margaret oh oh you're talking about nucky's wife yeah no i've never been a jillian fan i've never been a fan she's she's a fascinating person to watch yes her story was she's maddening and it's like her, her it's very smart casting her as the villain in richard harrow's own little private melodrama because that gave him some some fascinating stuff to do and a clear villain to root against but margaret's a lot Mm -hmm. been a lot more complex of a character yeah i just feel like they really had no idea what to do with her the last seasons arguably two seasons and it's interesting that they're bringing her back Uh, for what purpose like if rothstein is dead with with just six episodes to go too it seems like they already have more characters to go around and and just you have six episodes to tie up nucky's storyline yeah. I and mean, look at what Villigan did. He really only had to f- figure out what to do with Jesse and Walt. He had eight episodes to work with. We didn't go back and get, you know, Walt's childhood. <laughs> we didn't visit in with Marie and see what we she was up Marie, to. We didn't go back to Carmen, the principal, and find out, you know, she's been, she, we haven't even seen her for two episodes, two seasons. What the hell is she doing? Yeah. So, because no one cares. It definitely feels like they're upping the level of difficulty in an already difficult situation uh-huh. with the time jump and. I, again, lots of faith in Winton. He hasn't let me down yet, but uh, but I, I yeah, felt like this I, episode was more boardwalky. Is how I described it on on Facebook. Sure, I can get behind that. You know, wheeling, uh, dealing, a little bit of killing. There was a lot of there's a decent amount of violence last episode, but yeah, I gotta say, if this last season doesn't really impress me in the final stretches. Boardwalk Empire is just an okay show at that point. Like I, seasons one and two are great in my opinion. Everything with Jimmy Darmody was awesome. Huh. Uh, seasons three and four were kind of saggy. Man, I could not disagree. I could not disagree more. <laughs> I 
I told man, I'm I'm actually want to fight you about this. Um, huh. but it's your opinion, so whatever. I guess sure, you sure. could have one on the show. <laughs> um, oh, I thought you. season one and two are great, obviously, but I feel like season three and four, you know, with involved with, where the kind of emphasis became on the villains and how colorful they are, and Richard Harrow and Chalky. Uh-huh. Yeah, Harrow's the one light in those two seasons that I really enjoyed. And maybe it's because I just felt like all those, both of those seasons finales were just made everything else worth it. But going, yeah, no, pretty, those were good. Getting pretty far afield. Maybe we should get into the recap, okay. unless we're just going to go downshift into full half-ass cast mode with this one. Uh, I'm not opposed to taking it more free form, but if you want to do a, some quick recap stuff, yeah, yeah. We, so we talked about uh, the Eli's booze warehouse is raided. He and there's an open question here. What is Eli's status within the Capone organization? We know that there's at least th- two middle managers between him and Capone. Seems he like works for Mueller Van slash Alden, yeah. Van Alden. Van Alden works for Mike D'Angelo, who we also know is a mole for the feds, or maybe he's a mole for the mob, uh, who reports directly to Al Capone. Yeah. Um, is... is Conventional wisdom in Atlantic City that Eli is dead? Because arguably his boy talks about him as if he is. You could interpret it as he's missing or he's gone away, but mm-hmm. the public statements more imply that he's dead. And also, last we know, he was wanted for the murder of an FBI agent. Yeah. That's a lot of heat. You can't just, like, move across the country to get away with it. Maybe they did fake his death. They could have, certainly. Um, I, I know, I'm almost certain that his wife knows that he's actually alive. Yes. Yeah. Cause they've the gotten run. together, but he also says yeah. that it's kind of tough. Well, and if, why is it tough to bring her out to the Chicago a couple times a year? I don't know. Unless that the kids <laughs> think he's dead. And I mean, I don't know. There's, yeah. it, it doesn't matter here or there. I imagine we'll find that definitive answer soon, mm-hmm. but he's important enough that he has, even in his reduced state, cause he's a mess. Yeah. Van Alden says he's pissing himself. Smells he's, like piss. Yeah. He's he's drunk, collapsed, and he's like human wreckage at this point. Yeah. Um speaking of, I've gotta respect that I don't know his name. I don't know the actor's name, but the transformation of the character of Eli mm. has been impressive. I mean, almost more so than any other character, because when he starts out, he looks like a, a full, robust dude. He's he's well built. And over the years, he has just ruined his body. <laughs> like, he, that actor has gone, like, full Christian Bale yeah, and with he's, that. Yeah, his face, like, the bags under his eyes. Yeah, it's, and he's it's, just... It's bad news. Although, you see what they've done with L- Lucky Luciano with his sure. prosthetics and his, like, uh, lazy eye that he got from a, an yeah. attempted assassination. They can do a lot. Maybe they got prosthetic bags under his eyes. <laughs> this show has become a battle of the eyes, I think. Yeah. You've got Nucky with the bulging eyes. You've got Torio with his lazy eye. You've sure, got sure. Lucky with his busted up eye. Eli's baggy eyes. Yeah, there's a lot of focus on eyes here. Yeah. Uh, Shea Wiggum is the guy who uh, plays Eli, and he also did really good work in uh, True Detective with a similar transformation. He was a confident kind of tent preacher, uh-huh. and then you may later, later catch up to him in the series, and he's... Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, <laughs> he's he's kind of questioning uh, his life path and who he's involved with. Uh but we get the weird drunk montage. Uh, we get they, get they get raided by agents. We find out later that this is actually Elliot Ness. Yeah, this could be you know this his raids on on these um, 
you know, bootlegging operations. We've seen him so many times and, you know, on the TV and in films like The Untouchables. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much of this is going to play like Terrence Winter's reimagining and expansion uh, of of The Untouchables storyline. I don't know. That would be really cool to see, honestly. I mean, you've got an impending... Uh, apparently impending battle between Nucky and Luciano and right. Lansky anyway. Right. So you throw Elliot Ness into that mix and woof. I mean, why do you introduce Elliot Ness and Al yeah. Capone at his height of his coke-fueled insanity if not to do something with that? Yeah. Alan Sepinall had a really fun – he was kind of like floating casting suggestions for who would play the Sean Connery role. And <laughs> okay. uh, he threw out Dominic West, which is McNulty from The Wire. Oh, all right, all right, maybe. Uh, and uh, he, I, I think Andy Greenwald contacted and suggested Sean Bean <laughs> because obviously, <laughs> yep, yep, you know, he can't be in a role that he doesn't die in. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, this uh, we kind of like leave that scene and we see Nucky having breakfast, I think, maybe lunch, uh, with Torio, uh huh, who got hit Godfather style last season, uh, which. Which, which we, th- I, I guess he thinks it's now Capone. I, man, I don't hmm. know because when I first saw the this this go down, I thought for sure Capone had done it because he suspected uh, Torio of setting him up. But then when I saw him at the hospital and how well he was taking care of him and guarding him, I thought maybe that I was wrong. Maybe it was O'Bannon. It seems like Torio doesn't really know, nor does he care. He's like, look, all that shit's behind me, you know. Yeah. I'm retired. You usually get your retirement papers straight from the Grim Reaper, so he feels like he's he's a fairly lucky guy. Yeah, I was with you. I felt like it was it was Capone because he was on his way up looking to go higher and yeah. Torrey was kind of standing in his way. Right. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. So uh Nucky asked him would he have any idea of who put the hit on him in Cuba? Torio definitely seems like he's flabbergasted a notion. He mm-hmm. uh, says, hey, I can set up a meeting. I'm on good terms with Marizano. Uh, I can set up this meeting and we'll broker something. But Torio is also like, look, you need to you need to retire. This is putting the bug in Nucky's ear. It's like you need to get out of this game. He says it yeah. several times in the episode. Speaking of eyeballs, this was the absolute battle, battle of the ball. (laughs) Definitely. You had the bulge versus the lazy. I don't know. I felt like the lazy won. Like, I don't know that I've even noticed this character have a lazy eye, but this scene, it's like all up in your face. (laughs) Well, it's it's the angle of the camera, too. Yeah. They used the walleye lens that enhanced (laughs) it. It was a GoPro, yeah. A little fish eye (laughs) lens. A little fish eye for the lazy eye. (laughs) Right on. Uh, That... Takes us immediately into a flashback. <laughs> the lazy eye lens is the one where you never quite see the action you're supposed to be focused on. It's always like in the edge of the frame. You see camera guys and people holding mic booms. Um, <laughs> we have a flashback where Nucky's sister's dead. That lemon drop did her in. It's just too much enjoyment. <laughs> Damn, you can't Nucky. Give, you can't give a Dickinson character that much enjoyment. It's just it's a lethal lethal quantity of joy. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I are. And I meant to look this up before we did the podcast. In fact, there's a note here. Look this up before the podcast. Did not do it. Are these people <laughs> real siblings? Because I swear to God, young Nucky and young Nucky's sister look like they're minted out of the same, oh, yeah, same yeah, yeah. batch. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You might be able to go I on mean, IMDb and find out. she looks so much like the female version of him. I I was staggered. And, and again, it's like, you know, I feel like it's fundamentally sad anytime you see these. 
It's always especially sad when you see these adult children. You know, you hear about kids in war-torn countries and kids that go through abuse and neglect. And, and you know, Nucky's definitely one of the latter. Not even given time to grieve his sister's death. His dad's sure. like, get the fuck out. You got work to do. Whatever. And the Commodore's like, take solace in your work. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll which talk is interesting. About- I think that's been. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, speaking of Willie Thompson, he's interviewing with the, the U.S. Attorney's Office of, I believe, the Southeastern District, which I don't know if okay. that includes Atlantic City. That's definitely hmm. like I, – I, I'm thinking like Florida, yeah. the Carolinas, stuff like that. I don't know. Sure. It, I mean we do know that uh, Nucky has business in Florida now. So True. He did seem like when later on when they're having lunch, he's like, as long as you're you know, not the – AG of of Atlantic City, then we'll be fine. But mm-hmm. uh, but he's 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 uh, interviewing with them and he's asking some tough ethics questions about how he would react in certain situations. He's given all the right answers, but the guy says, "Hmm, Thompson, Atlantic City, huh? Do you know Nucky? Seems like he is completely uninterested in having this guy's relation in his office." Yeah, and Will goes into this impassioned plea about. I want to fight criminals. I know how crime eats you from the inside out. I've seen what it does to my family. I've lost my father, and I've heard my mother cry. Let me do some good with my life. He, like, full-on Elliot Ness is the guy. Mm-hmm. Do we? I don't know that we know that he actually got the job, though. Is it a little bit ambiguous? Uh, No. I, I feel like later in the episode it becomes unambiguous. Oh, he did actually say that he did get it? I I think so. I think there was a scene with him and Nucky when they're talking. It's not about and his, if his name came up, and I, I thought he was kind of noncommittal whether he got it or not. I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. Well, again, I won't, I won't fight you on it. Um, That's the vibe I got. So we go to Al Capone, who is in full-on – what little restraint he had when uh, uh, Torrio was alive has been completely evaporated by cocaine – uh, someone pointed out on Reddit that also Capone suffered from uh, syphilis, a syphilis infection uh-huh. that and syphilis can cause unstable personality types and a host of other horrific shit. I mean, my God, uh, if you watch the Nick, there's several episodes early on about the ravages of, of syphilis on, on a person's face and what it can do to you. Pretty nasty stuff. So between the cocaine and the disease infecting a central nervous system, he is full on insane, you know, swinging from this wild, crazy, uh, you know, Gambino style laughter at stupid jokes to just uh-huh. furious rage that someone hasn't been found in 10 seconds to, yep. you know, s- laughing and joking again and smacking the help. It's crazy. Uh, he's looking for this Mike D'Angelo, which, again, we later find out is a kind of a mole for the feds, we think. Uh-huh. Finds out that he's lost $20,000. We find out that this this is Mueller's operation. And he's like, tell Mueller he owes me that twenty grand, or I'm going to sell his balls for scrap. Mm-hmm. Amazing performance. Sure, yeah. Stephen Graham is doing an awesome job as Al Capone. I just found out today that he's actually British. I, I knew that. But but you actually found an interview and we were watching it and he's like this totally. I, he sounds Irish to me. Yeah, he sounds like a cross between I don't know. Maybe he's like from the Liverpool area. It, it's like <laughs> it, it's it, 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 it's somewhere between like Hugh um, Hugh Grant and uh, Bono. 
Okay. He just kind of got that that you know I I just really threw myself into this role and and uh, uh, it was just a, <laughs> it was a privilege to ha- and he's nothing at all like this full on insane guy. No, it's surprising. So he's got he's all got the scars on his face fully going now. He's fully Capone. Um, the elevator ride <laughs> that that uh, D'Angelo and Bueller and uh, uh-huh. Eli take is a comedy workshop. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, every single time like a, a lady gets on, they have to take their hats on and off, which is already annoying. And then the last batch of ladies, one of them's got that fucking feather. They uh-huh. keep swinging Eli. Yeah. And he's just doing great physical comedy, like doing these wild swings to try to keep that thing from putting. He's hung over as hell. And obviously. the look on his face is just saying, this is the last thing. Like, I'm barely containing my rage here. <laughs> Do you think he cares if he lives or dies? Because, like, pissing off mm. Capone to the. Uh, let me ask you the other thing. If they never pay Capone back 20 grand, does Capone notice? Because when they came think, in late, go ahead. I, I think he does. I think he, like his dudes are there keeping track of the business. And when they say, hey, they haven't paid, he's going to be furious. How does Capone keep track of all this? He doesn't seem like a guy that can. Like you could tell that like he doesn't want to know any of this shit. But uh, when it comes to making the decision, he wants an update. Sure. He's like very hands off until something goes wrong or something needs a big decision mm. and then he's like come to me and tell me like fill me in on the facts and then i'll make the decision i just feel like that when he came in with the money finally at the end of the episode capone's almost like confused about why he's there <laughs> sure yeah. plus he's just uh, continually it's like something out of fucking uh you know rome at the height of its empire there's people bringing in tribute like boxes of cash yeah. bags of cash Crazy. more money you can count mm-hmm um, but yeah, so we got the elevator scene. Uh, I get the idea when Eli turns around and sees, I forget what the guy's name, the one that's the Capone's like money guy that gets, that, that goes around and gets the money. Yeah. I don't know. Makes the rounds. The, the big black We've bag seen him guy. before. Yeah. Uh-huh. You see that he's got this idea and it's like, shit, this is a, t- this is probably a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah. I immediately knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. and I knew it was a bad idea. Is it a bad idea though? I uh, feel like it worked out. Better if, than expected. So, yeah, it has worked out temporarily. If Capone ever gets wind of that, he's fucking dead. He's if, dead. The only two guys that saw him are dead, so... That's the thing. I was thinking about, like, why so many people die in this show. Mm-hmm. Like, they die left and right, like sure. flies. It's because back then there was no way to prove a murder. Mm. It's like there is no forensics unless yeah, you're matching bullets to guns. Yeah, that's about it. There's no DNA. It. But... Yeah, there's no DNA. There's no fingerprinting. You probably had fingerprints. Yeah, you might have like rudimentary fingerprints. But they had to actually have the cards. If you wanted to match them, you had to probably you had to send to physically the... sift through yeah. thousands of records. And it's like the only real way to get caught is witnesses. Sure, and or if you running kill your fucking mouth. All the witnesses. There are no witnesses. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, of course, that's their go-to solution. Why right. wouldn't it be? Sure, that's honestly still a decent way to maintaining criminal conspiracies to kill all the witnesses <laughs> yeah still got the dna and all that stuff but sure. you know uh you watch the wire especially season four makes a pretty compelling case you just fucking kill everyone <laughs> yeah, uh, make yeah sure, i guess so it's... make sure no one finds the bodies and you're you got easy you're on easy street yeah oh my god uh so jillian Mm-hmm. She's in a spa, and the f- first couple minutes I'm watching this, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? 
I thought she was in prison. She's in some kind of European spa, living it up with these other high society ladies. Uh, she's she's strapped in this. It, it's like a a full. It, it's a full tub straight jacket type yeah. deal. I thought it was just to like keep the steam in and like, yeah, no, totally at first. At but, first, but, but then you realize, oh, you yeah, start she's... making the connections and thinking, oh, they probably just couldn't get out of that if they wanted to. Yeah. Although it does seem like it's relatively easy. <laughs> yeah, one lady just busted out. Of the several of them did. Sure, they did. Um, can't can't strap these ladies down. Um, but we find out that it's actually not a, just a jail, but it's it's actually a loony bin. And Jillian's just making shit up about her past, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, some one of the nurses turns off the radio show that they were all listening to, which causes a mass riot of the insane women. Mm-hmm. A nurse ratchet type comes in with a lead fucking pipe. No joking. Straight out of clue. Yeah. And she starts whacking the railings and asking if people's been a good girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets Jillian out of the pool, out of the waterbed naked and is like looking her up and down in her body. And I'm getting like m- major creepy vibes. Okay. Like, Jillian's a fundamentally creepy character, uh-huh. but still it's like, oh, man, am I going to have to see some kind of non-consensual lesbian sex between an insane woman and Nurse Ratchet type? Is that is that what I want to see in this show? <laughs> yeah, I was a little worried about that when they go down to the basement. Gretchen Maul's nipples. <laughs> uh-huh. I've never seen anything like it. Okay, sure, yeah. Like, you, I there's uh, there high beams no words doesn't for... cut yeah like those I don't <laughs> that's like I don't know I don't even know how it's like they're head they're they're lighthouses they're not he- high beams <laughs> it's it's sure. in, it's impress it's an impressive uh, biological piece of engineering sure seeing Gretchen Maltopoulos has been one of my many pleasures watching this show no yeah and I've like like um it, it, it's kind of impressive in the same way that. Uh, Shane's lobes from The Walking Dead are. Uh-huh. It's just like once you see them, it's just like wow. I I don't think I've ever seen anyone with that physical attribute. That's that's um, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Moving on. Oh, so the whole reason we had this um, non-consensual lesbian idea is she asked Jillian says, "Can may I have what I asked for?" And she says, "If I get what I asked for," and really works her eyebrows and inappropriate facial expressions, and, and in fact. I kind of feel like I was bait and switched. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. I'm not mad about it. I'm. I think this worked out better than expected. Much like Eli's plan to get the back to 20k. All right. But I do feel like there was definitely a bit, a bit of being led down the garden path. Hmm. Uh, Senator Lloyd, who's not been such a stand-up guy with Nucky this season, uh-uh. stood him up uh, with his meeting with the Mayflower Grain Co-op. Uh, Nucky direct uh, successfully deduces that these businessmen are not into grain for their cereal potential. Sure, he uh, he thinks they're betting on legalization, and he says, "Hey, I got a foreign contract. I can get booze going day one. Let's work together." And they're like, uh, "Go fuck yourself!" In the most sure. patronizing way possible. What? Is their deal? That's a really good question, and one I was going to ask you if you didn't ask me first. Uh, so at first, I thought, given that this is a period piece, uh, at first I thought they're trying to bait him into revealing his crimes, and they're they're somehow like recording him. And then I realized it's like that Jillian's plotline, they they got guys from the 
what whatever they're yeah, they, like hidden behind doors and shit. But detective agents, Pinkerton but, detectives come in. Did you hear that? Yes, we officially heard him witness. <laughs> yeah, but that, like that's the thing that there are no covert recording devices. So mm. it's like they really were just fucking with him. Right. They really were just like, I want to hear you admit that you're a bootlegger and that. It's like they, they never would take him serious. And that just, that's the reason we're not going to do business with They you. would have been polite if the senator had showed up. But the yeah. senator not showing up gave them the cover to just be a dick. Yep. And was that a thing that... Like, they're laughing at him. He can't get the senator to show up. He clearly has no respect from him. So so politically and hist- historically, I always felt like big business did business with the bootleggers. They needed to because they wanted their booze. And then, you know, these guys sure. are rich and powerful. They're not going to stop drinking. That's something poor people do. <laughs> You're right. I've got connections. I'm not going to stop drinking booze. Uh-huh. Uh, that's for the poor colored people. You can't trust the handle their liquor. Um is it because they, in fact, are certain that this is about to repeat, be repealed and they're like, Nucky has no power? Is that why the senator is shining him on? The senator is like, you've got no power. You've got nothing. We're about to make this legal. Your only base of power is the fact this was legal. You'd have been a minor political boss had it not been for you know, the prohibition of, of alcohol in the United States. Sure. I, I think – because they kind you know, of his acted... skills are kind of valuable. He has the distribution skills, certainly. Yeah, he can go day one. But he can't. You, he can't say that. Like when 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 he goes around to these people, he doesn't want to say that I have significant yeah. bootlegging experience. He wants that to be kind of a given, and these people not to question it. But also, they have a guy with just as much, if not more, distribution experience sitting across the table in Joe Kennedy. Yeah, so I knew Joe Kennedy was a major bootlegger, and that's how he founded his family's fortune and how he jump-started his family into, uh, you know, American prominence. They're like a sure. – he, he created a royal class of, of, of a family. So, But it seems like from also – and I don't know much about his history other than that. You know, uh, I, Sure, I don't either. But it does seem like that his bootlegging activity was a lot more bloodless, that he was less of a gangster than Nucky, and I don't know why that would be. Yeah, you would think uh, – I, I don't know. Like, I don't like know. Walter White. He wants to get into a no-rough-stuff type uh, methamphetamine uh-huh. trade. Seems perfectly logical, perfectly reasonable. That that doesn't happen because you <laughs> remove the protection of the rule of law and people just roll up and kill you. Yeah, yeah. So it's like how in the hell did he form this big thing and, like as Nucky said, making millions of dollars, got a wife with tons of kids, got – you know, his fingers in all these different pies, and he has to sit there and 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 roll around in the mud and the blood and the the dirt. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's it's that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not even sure what area of the country he was bootlegging in. Sure, I do love uh, the smirk that he had when Nucky says, "I've been one of the most successful bootleggers <laughs> in 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 the United States." One of sure, but, the other one's sitting at the table with you. But I also think there's a couple other things I want to point out. One, that these guys made it seem like the reason they don't want to take Nucky serious other than he's a gangster is also there are, you know, I don't think the thing's going to be repealed. But I hmm. also feel like that's my theory of them being dismissive of him as they are sure it's going to be repealed, which is why they don't need any of his connections or why he's no longer has any kind of power with them. I can't square those two. Yeah. Those, those, it's weird because if I'm in their position, I'm thinking I've got uh, – what, what were the brands? Moet and 
and some other brand some that Joe had wrapped I also up. heard that he had he was uh, inclu- exclusive uh, for with Hennessy. Hennessy, okay, Hennessy and Moet. Knowing what we know about Bacardi mm-hmm. and how big that becomes mm-hmm. in the U.S., uh, you would think they would want in on that, and you would think that they would want to just corner the market on it, not have to compete with potentially Nucky and some other barley and hob company. Sure. Like if if they're really smart about it, get Nucky on their side. Have now two more uh, labels that you can distribute. Mm. Why not? Mm. I don't know. I, I I really feel like it's Nucky is not given any respect because he won't. He can't be a legitimate businessman at this point. It's the New Jersey because thing. everyone That's knows it about it. <laughs> but but everyone knows Nucky's reputation, right? Uh-huh. So it's like they don't want to do business with him just purely on his reputation. Yeah. Whereas Joe seems to be, like you said, he's he's got less blood on his hands. He's not as mixed up in this whole thing politically. Got to read up on old Joe. Got to find out. Yeah. Because I know that's something that the JFK is always rumored to have these mob ties as well. Hmm. So I can't be that Joe's got his hands completely clean. Yeah, yeah. Unless, sure. I don't know. Anyway, also, compare and contrast Nucky's answer regarding him being married, where he had acknowledged being married, but it was technical, complicated, <laughs> versus Margaret, who just completely denies it. Does that tell us anything about where... Their plot lines are going to intersect. It's always been like that, man. Are, are they going to reconcile at the end of this? Ever since Margaret married Nucky, uh-huh. she's always been like, I, I don't even like this guy. I, as a matter of fact, I hate this guy. He's a horrible person. Sure. I can see why she wouldn't want to acknowledge that marriage, whereas Nucky's always been like, oh, well, it'll... it'll. No, it's a very Michael Corleone-Kate situation. With yeah, him. yeah, for sure. But, you know, that was one of the plot lines in Godfather 3 is they had kind of sort of reconciled or at least come to uh, a, tr- a ceasefire, a truce, mm-hmm. an understanding. Is that okay. where we're going to end up with these two? Maybe. Maybe. I don't. I feel like <laughs> Margaret is going to play some role. Those those papers, those Arnold Rothstein papers are not nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, this triggers another... Uh, he meets with Joe Kennedy. They they shake hands, and maybe he'll uh, we'll, we'll see uh, we'll see Joe down in Atlanta City. We'll see. Uh, this triggers a Nucky flashback to the Commodore fake dressing Nucky down for showing up and work. And he's super patronizing. I don't know that Nucky knew that though. Uh, uh-huh. But clearly, as an adult, you can see that this guy's just fucking fucking with him. Yeah, finds out his his uh, sister's dead, which he doesn't really give a shit about. But his sheriff, who is. Uh, uh, Rawls from The Wire and Mike the Hammer from... Uh, <laughs> newsroom, yeah. No, not or, Newsroom. Uh, sorry, House uh, of Cards. House of Cards. Yeah. Uh, acts says, hey, you know, his dad uh, does vote. Maybe you can buy his vote by burying his daughter or something like that. And uh, the Commodore says, find solace in your work. And uh, then then uh, that ends that scene. Anything you want to talk about there? Yeah, I think that's something Nucky took to heart. I mean, whenever we've seen Nucky's personal life on the rocks, he always seems to be more interested in his business. Mm. I think that's part of what he learned from the Commodore. So we go back to uh, Agent Van Alden's home slash Mueller's home. Uh, what do we call him going forward? He's he's really Van Alden, right? I call him Van Alden just because okay, that's, that's what I've known name. him as for most of the time, yeah. Uh and what's interesting, the way Winter uses him, is he's broadly comic relief mm-hmm. until there's this crazy-ass show of violence that 
somehow is all the more shocking because he is such a odd, funny guy. Yeah, and he's also mentally disturbed. <laughs> a, a little uh, bit. I mean, you know, him, drowning him and, people in, in lakes and all that shit. Iron but, their face. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, you get a line in this episode where he's like, sometimes it's easier to hate people than to love them. Sure. That's pretty disturbed. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, it might be something that a lot of people can empathize with, mm. uh, but it's still disturbing. <laughs> so he's, uh, but there's still some funny stuff. Like, you know, he's oh, clearly yeah. looking to get his tools out, his his uh, boomsticks, and his kid comes down and asks him why clouds float in the sky. <laughs> yeah. And it's like he summons every ounce <laughs> of self-control and patience he has, and he formulates an answer because of the atmosphere. <laughs> And the first follow-up his kid has, it's like, shoo, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Goes up to his uh, his wife and immediately starts shit. You know, mm-hmm. the smoking is unladylike, you know, making fun of the way he has Eng- she does English. Is their relationship this bad? Or are they still operating on this weird psychosexual thing where she gets off on putting him down, which then he rises to the occasion, and then they have crazy hot Norwegian sex? I feel like that's going to be their relationship for a long time. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think they're just on fighting terms now. Hmm, interesting. Because it's like this relationship is straight out of like one of those real Housewives series. Like, there's something just really... Yeah, it's gross. ...modern and peculiar about it. (laughs) Like, it's made made for reality television. You know what else is modern and peculiar? Oh, what's that? The look of this house being built... By Van Alden's hands. No, is this the same house no, that he built last season? This isn't the fucking Sears and Roebuck <laughs> screw job. Okay. He's moved up in the world. Certainly, right? He's working for Al Capone. He's making good money now. He's not going to live in a shitty one house with of his liquor, windows. One and... of his liquor houses had 600 cases of Canadian Club and yeah. tw- and two, uh, 20K. So there's, yeah, he's he's definitely done well for himself. Yeah, this, 20K was the skin. This had fine wood paneling, really dark <laughs> mahogany uh, crown sure. molding on the ceilings. This was. I mean, uh, seven little... years you could do a lot to that that uh, Sears house. <laughs> you know, he's honed his craft. He Sears and robucked it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't have the answer for that, but my my gut feeling said that no, he's moved into a um, nicer house. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, this fucking Marizano guy with his Marcus Aurelius shit. I thought that was an interesting character huh. tw- twerk that kind of made him seem smart. Now he just seems like the kind of guy that name drops sure. shit like that to seem smarter than he is. He, yeah, he it doesn't really understand it. He came across kind of, I don't know, weak in this scene. Is that because you know how important and powerful Lucky is and is going to be? Well, and it's a fair point because as as a viewer, I know that he has no idea what the fuck is going on in his own organization among exactly. his top lieutenants. Yeah. He's got a guy cutting his wrist and saying it's all for us and swearing allegiance in front of everybody. While but behind he, his back, he's ready to kill him. He's he's yeah. ready to kill him, yeah. no, He just needs support, right? Right. And, and you know, I, I guess we've seen Nucky in the same situation where he has no idea what. So it's like I have it's sympathy true. for him, but Nucky feels always smart. Yeah, like he makes the best with it. This guy just seems like he's a he's kind of a buffoon, a little um, bit. But both of them that deny. I, I love his remark about Are you a student of Marcus Aurelius? Because I'm more of a Ben Franklin fan. Yeah, Penny yeah. earned, Penny saved, all that. 
Sure. So uh, they both deny connection to Meyer Lansky. They both have no idea what's going on with it, um, which uh, as far as Lucky goes, that's liar, liar, pants on fire territory. Mm-hmm. Eli and Mueller, um, Mueller are going to stick up one of the Capone's guys on the last money drop. They're thinking he'll easily have 20 grand. Um, and then I, I just kept thinking this is going to be a bad idea. This is going to turn terribly. Have a conversation about their marital relations. You already, you know, hinted at the fact that uh, we see that it's been, you know, six years. Eli sees his wife infrequently. He does think about them all the time, which I believe Eli's always been a family man. Oh yeah, uh, uh, above all else, you know, in his way, and in, in this, in the way a nineteen twenties gangster is anyway yeah yeah he wants his family to be a family but he's not really participating much in that (laughs) sure sure and i don't think he's above having side pieces and all that that's what i was wondering if maybe we were seeing him spending time you know like that that smart that swirly drunken montage was him spending time with a call girl or something oh hmm. um because those seem to be on tap in this organization yeah uh but uh you know Mueller had to find it easier to despise someone than to love them, which seems like his pattern. Like even him, you know, he had he wanted to be Elliot Ness. Yeah. And now he's a bootlegging gangster. And mm-hmm. like what must that do to one's sense of self-image? What what is the real Van Alden? <laughs> That's a really good question that I don't know the answer to. Like clearly he's talking about himself here too, and he's saying I find it easier to despise people than to love them. Sure, I would think so. Yeah, um, he's got this impossible pedestal lifestyle of this bondage and discipline Christianity mm-hmm. and all this shit that he can never live up to, even himself, and it makes him hate everyone, including himself. Yeah, uh, they do stick up Capone's money. They wound the guys in the process because you know it doesn't go exactly smooth. My leg. My legs. And le- yeah, You're Eli die. My legs. Eli decides to help him out with that by capping them both in the yeah. head, and it's kind of like the no nonsense boardwalk brutality. It's not flashy. It's just a guy sticking a gun to the head and pulling the trigger. Yeah, which is fucked up when you think about it. I love uh, Van Alden's. Why must it always be pandemonium? <laughs> he shifted into full General Zod mode for that scene. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> um. Nucky feeling so. There's a great scene between Nucky and his man, um, which was what is his name? Tonin, Tommen? I don't know. Mm, I, need, I, don't know. I need to write. I had I had it down last week and I've forgotten it. Uh, but it's just really Tonino. No, no, no. You're thinking of the the guy he ends the up the guy he kills. Yeah, yeah. He kills. Um, Gus's grandpa. Yeah, I, don't, take, I don't know his name. Always takes us a couple episodes to get people's names. We we go by nicknames. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the Cuban gentleman that cuts off people's ears. Yeah. He's sitting there looking elegant uh, and just listening to Nucky. One of the great lines of uh, of this series where he's like pressing him for his opinion. And he's like, <laughs> he shrugs. Like, I killed them. I don't kill them. Whatever you say. Yeah. And... You know, Nucky's whole thing is like, I need to stay alive long enough to cash out, which again, why? Why don't you just cash out now? You're you're independently wealthy for only one lifetime instead of two lifetimes. Right? Yeah, that that's weird. Uh he's he's driven. I don't think he's ever gonna cash out. I think even if he gets to a point where he could cash out, he won't cash out. Hmm. I don't think he can. Hmm. He's not that kind of guy. We'll see what they have to say, but uh, this guy is a stone cold badass. I 
we were watching this together yesterday. And I'm like, what must it be like just go in a room and not give a shit about whether you're going to kill someone or not kill someone? And yeah, yeah. and to have, I guess, this detached sense of your own morality where you either think it's impossible that you'll die because you're such a badass or you don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's got ice water <laughs> running through his his veins. He does. There's there's no emotion there, as far as I can tell. Of course, I don't know. We might get to know him like, you know, Richard seemed like that at first, too. But he had a lot of hidden depths. We'll, we'll, we'll see how much we get to know this guy in six yeah, episodes. that's true. Does this guy live or die? Does he make it through the, the whole six episodes? I feel like this guy's if, dead in the next two episodes. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if... I don't know anybody who is not part of the main cast that's going to make it through. Like like the historical cast, mm. this thing. Like we know Lucky's got to make it through, right? Mm. We know uh, Capone's got to make it through. But I don't know that anybody else has to make it through or even is likely to. But even Capone, we don't know what making it through is going to look like depending on how far they go. It, I mean, yeah, I hope this yeah. isn't a spoiler. <laughs> that that Al eventually goes Cap- to jail the for Capone, tax yeah, goes shit. for some trumped up tax evasion stuff. Yeah, but we don't know where we're gonna where we're gonna leave him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, I feel like this since this seems like it's Nucky's tactical nuke that he can deploy this the to intimidate whatever to protect him whatever mm-hmm. that. My feel for Winters is he's going to strip him of that option in the next episode or two, hmm. and it's okay. going to be Nucky's brains and balls against everybody else, like it always is. Yeah. Uh, what? How does this guy, Gus's grandpa, stack up against Eddie? Who Who do so, you like more? Uh, who do you think is more effective at, oh, at managing this, Nucky's life? Gus's grandpa, because so like Eddie. <laughs> Uh, was the manservant, and, like, Richard Harrow was the muscle. Uh-huh. This guy is all one fused into one body. Is he a manservant? I haven't gotten the I'm gonna bring you tea in the morning vibe from this guy. Yeah, maybe he doesn't bring him tea, but I feel like, you know, he escorts his lady back to her apartment safely. He does a lot of the manservant okay. things. Yeah, he does. He does. So, I, I, you know, much more so than Richard Harrow, who just kind of got... Call, yeah. you know, did favors and things as it suited. So, no, I, I feel like this guy, I, you know, another thing that I, it kind of pisses me off. We only got one season is that this is a great character and we're probably only going to sure. see him for a couple more episodes. But I really loved Eddie. I thought Eddie was a fantastic character yeah. too, especially once he got more involved in Nucky's affairs. Then just when he was on top. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, boy. yeah, they've, they've really built him up just to, uh, do away with him. Uh, so we have Lansky, uh, Myers and, uh, uh, Luciano is talking to Tonino, pumping him for what he knows. Does Maranzano expect that we, that we are conspiring against him? What's going on? Tonino seems like he's kind of a jackass now. So Tonino guy, if you don't know, was one of the lieutenants of, um, Gip Rossetti, the the crazy Italian guy season three that had the audio mm-hmm. uh, erotic asphyxiation fetish. Yep. Ultimately got stabbed in the back by his own guys, by this guy. Uh, also, he uh, was one of the guys that helped pull off the bombing of Nucky's club, which led to the death of his main squeeze at the time, Billy Kent, mm-hmm. uh, which I still have a soft spot for. I think she might be among my favorites of Nucky's, Nucky's uh, angels. Yeah, I'm with you. 
but anyway, uh, he's he's trying to kind of make them happy. He's also reminding them of some obligations they have. They get this territory, and they're they're acting. Lo- I I feel like I concur with this guy's later uh, estimation that they're just going to off this guy. They have no respect for him. Yeah, he was a useful tool to gain the support because they're talking about the support. You know the the cover that they the, the, they have, whether they can make another move. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, now that he's given it to him, they don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this triggers a flashback to the Commodore for some reason, who's come to pay his respects to Ethan on behalf of their daughter. Uh, Ethan's pissed because of some real estate deal that the Commodore says was fair that no one forced you to sell that land. Yeah, curious. And uh, Ethan comes back with a shotgun to send them packing. Uh, Nucky also says he'd rather come to work than stay at home because, of course, he would. <laughs> he's once uh-huh. he's, he's he likes that solace and work angle. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we know about what went on between the Commodore and and Nucky's father that we didn't know before? Where, where, what do we suspect? Is this some kind of boardwalk well, I... waterfront property that Ethan sold to put? I mean, it's got to be. Yeah, he so. He clearly feels that the Commodore tricked him somehow or didn't give him a fair deal in that the value of the land was much more than he expected it to be. Uh, it's very similar to the road deal that Nucky had going in season two. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's good. That's a good – and maybe that's kind of the genesis of that idea. Could be. So you can see Could where be. a guy like Ethan – so land by nature is more valuable in a rich man's hands – than it is in a poor man's because a rich sure. guy can put up condos and boardwalks and bring yeah. in business and taxation and all this stuff, whereas a poor guy can just hold the land and hope a rich guy ba- <laughs> a buys it A poor guy goes him. to Sears and Roebuck and builds a <laughs> shitty house on it. <laughs> that doesn't have doorknobs or a yeah. uh, functional heating system. I, so I guess the story – that we need that we suspect is that there was some sort of boardwalk deal here, or maybe it was a train that he's trying to put in, uh, and Something that, like that. that Ethan sold it and didn't see the full value that it had to the Commodore until later and realized he could have gotten a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And Ethan's the kind of guy that just is you know thinks that's the Commodore's bad rather than his own. Sure. Um, anything else we want to talk about that? No, no, I. I... I mean, we certainly learned a little bit more about the details of that, yeah. of, of why his father didn't like the Commodore, why the Commodore is starting to become more of a father figure to him than his own father. Will Will this ever go anywhere? Is I mean, I, I mean, obviously, mean how, how many more episodes are we going to have with Young Nucky? This young, because I, I I understand also that we're going to have like a an intermediate Young Nucky. Mm-hmm. Um, what? How many more episodes do we have before? Do we need to know? Do we need to see his father die? Do we need to see if the Commodore was involved with that? Do... Yeah, honestly, I'd like to see Nucky's reaction to his father's death. I think that'd be interesting. Mm. I don't know when his father dies. Um, I have no clear idea either. It could be Nucky was pit- middle still. Nucky. Nucky into his his middle age carries a grudge strong enough that he eventually bought his father's cottage and burned it to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Do- I feel like I want to stay. We now, haven't seen enough to justify that yet, right? Yeah, but but so where I kind of want this to go, since I'm somewhat invested in young Nucky, little Nucky, mm-hmm. is I kind of want to see where 
he goes from being the kid that sweeps the boardwalk for a dollar yeah to potentially the sheriff of and the enforcer of the Atlantic City operation mm-hmm. which we know from previous seasons he eventually so, so there's something that take takes him to the next level how and I suspect it's going to be him siding against his father probably yeah and and fuck and, and further fucking him over somehow to get ahead with the commodore but I I, I can't I don't know enough to know exactly how that's going to so gonna I'll work say out. one more episode of Young Nucky then we get into Middle Nucky okay fair enough uh, Willie's having lunch with uh, modern day Nucky present day Nucky and uh, informs him about kind of how things went with the uh, uh, attorney's office. Nucky mentions uh, he lies to Nucky. Nucky asks if his name came up. He's like, no. Mentions that we're all proud of you. Your dad would be too. Winters' plan is pretty close to Vest because I feel like intentionally so we're not supposed to know whether he is being completely honest uh, or who, which side he's working for. Yeah, I think you're right. However, if he's working for his uncle's side, why wouldn't he just be fully honest with him? It's. I'm starting to think that he actually huh. is going to fuck over Nucky somehow. Potentially. I mean, that speech that he gave to the attorney general or whoever that guy is mm-hmm. um, seemed pretty honest to me. Sure. But we've seen time and time again how people can I say know, something yeah. like that. I mean, think of Walt, all the sincere – Walt, like, you know, Walt White, Walter White of Breaking Bad, how many sincere speeches he gave – that were just self-serving bullshit in the end. I feel like with those we we knew for the most part that Walt was yeah, not being honest. Sure. Here we don't. And maybe they're just playing that for the mystery like you said. Right. Uh the intrigue. But I some something about that speech gave me the vibe that he is actually interested in becoming a lawman. Uh moving on to the next scene we see uh uh, Van Alden slash Mueller dropping off cash to Capone, who does seems kind of oblivious to it. They're him and his brother, uh, who's played, of course, by Herc, the guy who played Herc <laughs> on The Wire, which mm-hmm. is great casting. Um, they're just fucking with the accountant. They're intentionally trying to get him to mess up as he's trying to do the numbers. Uh huh. Which you know, why not? <laughs> sure. Um, Elliot Ness is giving a speech on the steps of the Treasury Department in Chicago. Uh, it turns out that Elliot Ness is played by Presbo from The Wire. There's all kinds of wire up in my boardwalk at this point. Yep. Unrecognizable. I didn't know until someone on the Facebook thread pointed out that it was the same actor. I, have they hmm. done some prosthetic work to his chin or his nose? Or I don't remember him from The Wire, so I couldn't tell you. Maybe it's just a different dress. I, I don't associate him with that. But yeah. um, uh, doing a really good lone treasury agent trying to make a difference. We then go to the top floors. We follow this kind of uh, bookwormy looking schmuck going up, and we find out that Mike D'Angelo is undercover, and it looks like he's deciphering books for them. Because I, I don't know why I think that, except for that was a core part of the plot from the uh, uh, for for the Untouchables is the fact that you know he kept these elaborate <laughs> okay. coded books, and you needed someone on the inside to be able to prove that these things were actually happening so he could make the tax tax case against them. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you. But I thought it was for sure that he was working for the feds, but you mentioned, like, how do we know he's not a double agent? Yeah. Like, if they're playing with one character that way, why wouldn't they play with two characters that way? Huh. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, number one, would be going back to that well, because they kind of did that with the um, – uh, 
uptight FBI agent whose name escapes me. Um, last season where he was kind of double triple agent. Oh yeah, the the baby face blonde guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, moving on to uh, Tonino's meeting with Nucky, um, and he just spills his guts to him and says, you know, this is what's going on with the. Uh, Myers and Luciano deal, and this is what Marizano knows. And Nucky's just flabbergasted. Like, how can you work with people you can't trust? Which is which a, should have been an indication that this meeting with Tonino is not going to go the way Tonino hopes it will. Sure, but Tonino <laughs> seems like he's kind of an idiot. Um, yeah, yeah, and, he does. And also, big words from Nucky, whose brother has double crossed him not once but twice in this fucking <laughs> series. Uh huh. Um, and. Uh, he seems like he's getting set up for an offer to work for the uh, Thompson Empire, but mm-hmm. instead he gets a knife in the back courtesy of uh, Grandpa Gus. Yep. And uh, I like the kind of cold-blooded and, and grudge-holding nature and, and patient nature of Nucky as he, he tips the waitress to come up and say he, <laughs> he, he picked out the table as Billy, uh, Billy Kent's. Uh, caricature on it. Yep. He pays the waiter to go and say this cold-blooded smack to the guy. And then the scene of him looking up at Grandpa Gus and he's just drinking his tea and look yeah. at, eyeing him like a lamb <laughs> to the slaughter. That's that's terrifying, man. To know you're going to die at the hands of this other person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in an impossible position. Yeah. I like, mean, what do you do? You try to, you try to run, him. right? Yeah. If you want to live, you try to run. If you don't want to live... Just wait it out. I don't think that because he, you know, Tanino's a little beefy guy. Uh huh. I don't know that he can outrun a, a live Cuban gentleman. <laughs> Probably not. No. Uh, it might come down to like what footwear they're wearing, but uh-huh. still, like you got to try, right? Yeah, yeah. I just like the message that he's sending with that. It's very, very much along the lines of the horse head in the bed sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, from Godfather. Sure, sure. Uh, this triggers another flashback to young Nucky uh, being forced to bury his sister, even though the Commodore has paid for her being properly buried. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on in this scene? You know, his mom's praying over him. Ethan throws the first load of dirt on and then's like, fuck it, I'm out. I'm going to go get drunk. You guys have chosen your lot. Uh, he's going to take that money. What was the mom expecting? Because she seemed like really upset that he was leaving. Did she think that he was going to crack and take that money and get the undertakers to, par- the, to bury her in a proper grave? She or? should know better. Like, uh, why was she mad that she was going to leave and she didn't know if he was going to come back? And there was that, you know. Well, I thought it was she was mad that he was making Nucky do it. That's a pretty. I don't think she gave thing. a shit about. I mean, not that she doesn't give a shit about Nucky. And yeah, I'm super sympathetic to the plight of these women. Where they felt like you, you, they had to have this man around, or what the hell were they going to do? Yeah, you know that's kind of in Margaret's arc too. She had this terrible situation, and what do you what what do you do? And you're kind of a chattel uh, property in early 20th century. Yeah, um, get married to Nucky. <laughs> I don't think his mom's got that option, unfortunately. No, no. Well. Who knows? There are creepier moms on here. <laughs> but he's just, uh, and she's like, is he just never coming back? Like, I don't understand the depth of the emotion. Mm. She, I, I didn't quite get all of the emotional uh, texture to the scene. I, I didn't either, to be honest. Okay. Um, the, the one thing I felt dudes. like, dudes, we don't, we don't know. <laughs> With women are crying, it's like you know, we just kind of sure. uncomfortable. Well, what I do? What I do? <laughs> Uh, I just, I gave a shovel to our child to bury his sister. What? Sure. Yeah. 
What, what do you want from me, woman? <laughs> um, this is some traumatic shit. I got to go get drunk. So I was reading an article uh, somewhere on, on someone's blog, and they were talking about kind of the, the thematic stuff in this episode, and they mentioned how Nucky, or specifically his dad, was poor growing up. Sure. Um, and that that made him kind of beholden to others for the things that he needed in life. Hmm. And Nucky found this way out through the Commodore, mm. where he didn't have to be that. But now, with the stock market crash, he's returning to that. And we can uh, see that in the boardroom. We can see that he doesn't have the money to go do this whole distribution thing himself, I don't think. No, he, he, that's exactly what he said to the guys anyway. And he's certainly poor in power. Mm-hmm. He, he can't get people to listen to him anymore because he's a joke. Mm. Uh, so now he's come back full circle to that, where he is kind of beholden to other people to get his business done. But he still owns Atlantic City. I mean... But but you can see like, Luciano he, and Lansky moving in on that yeah, quickly. Yeah. So I feel like there is kind of a return to his childhood there in that he doesn't want to take... Um, there's, there's nobody there giving him that handout that Commodore was trying to give to his father. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's... I have a hard time getting into the head of, like, rich people broke. It's kind of like... Right. I, I, yeah. I was watching the This Is 40. Like, just bring down your your so living standards. Yeah, there's, like, Judd Apatow, and he's, like, wanting me to feel sorry for this guy because he has to sell his bullshit record company, and, and he has to sell his nice house, and maybe he won't be able to drive BMW. But they'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, no, he's got to like, live in an apartment and drive a Honda now. Shit. People that live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And, or maybe even owe money at the end. It's, like, we wish we had a situation where if we had a, a protracted downturn of several years we could just fucking drive <laughs> hondas and live in a quarter million dollar home and be just fucking fine yeah and grumble about it the whole time yeah like oh god uh, this is such a blow ah just, life's not even worth living gotta sell my condo in naples motherfucker yeah like, it's ridiculous so it's like part of this like i it's harder to identify nucky than than uh uh or even capone because capone mm-hmm. is a poor dude that made good and like walter white guy didn't have shit dealing with tons of money that's like something i can get behind where a guy that has tons and tons of money yeah but then is like so if you got you got a hundred million dollars and you lose 90 percent of your wealth you're still and now you have 10 million dollars what the fuck does that mean yeah or if you're a billionaire and you lose 10 90 percent now you're 100 like that's a huge loss that's a lot of money no doubt Uh uh-huh but seriously what the fuck difference does it make to your quality of life Almost zero. Almost zero. Yeah, you're going to have to give up it's clearly one not of the way your they Ferraris. See it, though. I mean, that's logistically, yeah, they're yeah. not, they're still fine. They're still fine. But yeah. I, I feel like that there's another level of uh, influence and power that we just can't even conceive. Like, you know, owning a town, owning a. Sure. A, 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 it's more your accomplishments slipping away. Your power, I think. Yeah, yeah. How much influence you have. Mm. And you can get kind of a junkie about that kind of stuff. And especially, I mean, those people tend to be the junkies about that kind of stuff because that's the kind of drive it takes to get you to the billion dollars, to sure. get you to the 100 million, whatever. And maybe that's what we're supposed to realize about young Nucky is that maybe that even Terrence Winters is like, you know, this guy's always been rich and powerful. Uh-huh. We need to take him back to his roots so we can get that more Capone connection. Sure. To see a guy that had nothing, had everything, lost 90% <laughs> of it, and maybe that'll make him more sympathetic? Maybe so. Know. Yeah. I, I want to see how 
kid kid nucky turns into power hungry sure money hungry nucky yeah uh eli's apartment we see him just sobbing listening he's clearly drunk again he's listening to a sitcom about family that's why i interpreted that he was sobbing he's just realizing how miserable he is sure um well, then we go to jillian who's being taken to this shady looking basement by uh nurse ratchet and she's like are we sure we should be doing this you have a lovely figure i swear to god i thought we we're going to see some you know uh non-consensual lesbian muff diving and it turns out jillian's just pawning her nicer dresses yeah to get pen and paper for what purpose what the (laughs) fuck is she gonna do with this pen and paper oh man so i think it would be hilarious if she used that pen and paper to write a letter to someone who could get the woman fired for taking a dress for taking a bribe (laughs) I think that would be How does fucking... that get her out of the booby hatch, though? It doesn't. It doesn't. But it might get someone who doesn't wield a lead pipe in there, potentially. Uh, the other thing she is really there's don't. a hint that she has perhaps written an insane letter to the president at some point. I think that's... No, or is that just a joke? I think that's just kind of like what a sane person would be afraid of. I mean, because I don't... Okay. Does Nurse Ratchet really think Jillian's insane? Do we think Jillian's insane? Jillian's damaged oh, goods man. because she was a yeah. thirteen, not even a thirteen-year-old that got raped by a creepy Tom old Moore. walrus who got child <laughs> on her, and then he is a she walrus, yeah. then turned. I don't know why they got wires got crossed that she then turned into the molester of her own child. I, I, I can't figure Jillian out. She's a really unique character in television history. Sure, it did feel like I saw the cracks though when the whole Ron Livingston stuff happened last season. Sure. She she was she was cracking big time. Yeah, no, and she's I don't know she's the peculiar she, she's she's odd duck. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's got to be right nucky. She's got to be working on you his know. guilt about the very very real guilt he feels about how that all goes out and what situation she's in and maybe sympathy for the good old days. I that's the only target I can think of that makes sense that would bring yeah. these threads back together. Unless, that's the thing, yeah. Unless she's going to write Margaret as an in-run around it. Because maybe <laughs> Margaret is not aware of all the shit she's been through. Interesting. Uh, whoever she's writing has got to be important enough to the story to bring her back into the story. So those guesses are both good, in my opinion. But she's got to get out of this mental house or there's no point. Yeah. And, you know, who could do that? So Margaret that? couldn't do that for Margaret her. couldn't do that, but Margaret could lean on Nucky. Okay. Potentially, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like the Margaret angle, but I'm trying to think of who the hell she could write that would actually mean anything. Could she maybe Capone? Because Capone was a, like... Hmm. You, and what, he was what, a big friend of Jimmy's and, for a long time. That's, and, and remember in the Vanity Fair article, he was talking about all these people writing him, and like some of his fan mail was like <laughs> people asking favors and stuff. Uh-huh, and everybody wanted to touch. She guys because Jimmy was on the it. ground floor of all that shit. Yeah. So I wonder if she's going to somehow get Capone to feel because Capone. Right, I like that theory. A coked up, syphilis infected Capone has no clue about all the weird shit that she's been up to and it's just going to be like, this is Jimmy's mom. We got to fucking yeah. pull strings to get her out. Yeah. So there's my top three contenders. Nucky, Margaret, or Capone. I think Capone's towards at the Capone. top, man. Yeah, that's a good guess. That's real good. Well, thank you. I do try. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
we see uh, Tonino's dead body uh, with a knife through his back and a, a greetings from Havana. Uh, Cuba card um, dropped off at uh, Meyer and Luciano's hideout. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode. Zoom in on the air. Zoom in on the air. And that was a nice a nice uh, little uh, directorial uh, cinematography flourish that we had to swirl yeah. out of Eli's in and to swirl into Tonino's no, non-ear ear. Does that give us any hint as to the fate of Eli Thompson? I don't know. I thought the best, the only take I really saw that even in Oz, that was the great uh, Alan Seppenwall, who said that that was a narrative trick to link even though they are not mentioned in the same breath, it links the two uh, Thompson brothers, Eli and Nucky. Hmm. Okay. That, you know, we zoom out of Eli's ear, we zoom in on the ear of the guy who Nucky just, you know, so it's a kind of like subconsciously linking their storylines and saying that they're going to be, you know, have in, you know they're going to have uh, intercourse, as uh, Maranzano says. All right. Shall we get some pimping? And we got a decent amount of feedback this week. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, some exciting news. We had some a lot of people. You know, we've gone, we've been, we've been repping Subbable for some time, and it's a great uh, way to crowdsource uh, funding for a project such as our podcast. Uh, you know, we went with Subbable because we really admire the brothers Green, John and Hank. Uh, big mm-hmm. fan of their Crash Course series. I'm a huge fan of John Green, the author. I was on The Fault of Their Stars before any of the teenage girls were, uh, <laughs> before it was quote-unquote cool. Uh, and that was the kind of their brainchild. And, you know, we're both local boys trying to make good, and, and uh, we were early adopters of their platform. A lot of folk, though, uh, Patreon, no, no two bits of bones about it, is a much huger platform and a lot of our yeah. listeners or existing subscribers to Patreon are like, ah, I don't really want to go through all the hoops to get on the subable thing. Can you do Patreon? So we've been working with the guys at Patreon who've been great to come up with a campaign. Uh, and if that's something that you're interested in, you can go to patreon.com and that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash bald move and see our pitch. We got a revamp pitch talking about the importance of independent podcasting. Yeah, and super important. How a lot of this entertainment stuff is being sucked up by, you know, corporate interest and network interest. And if that's in your, the listener's best interest, mm-hmm. check it out there. If I was to sum up the difference, and we're going to have a little segment after this podcast for people that actually care about and want to hear about it, where Jim and I are going to talk about, you know, our plans for Subbable and our plans for Patreon and kind of explaining more of this. But I don't really want to board the details. Uh, but if I was going to sum it up, Subbable is where you go to get things. You get merch, you get custom podcasts, uh, you get us to do things or give you things in exchange for your support. Patreon is where you go to get access Mm -hmm. um, to ways to interact with Jim and I, to um, uh, get special content. Uh, We're going to have a a level where you can get our uh, feeds. If you're tired of me doing this pimping shit and you never want to hear it again (laughs) – you can go to patreon.com slash bald move and find out how you can just get me out of your ear forever. I've already signed up. I'm already on board. How do I do that? Jim's, I will pay. Jim's got noise canceling <laughs> headphones uh, hooked up to his ears. He's not even listening. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, subables where you get things. Uh, Patreon's where you go to get access. And we priced the Patreon stuff to where 
if you feel like you're missing out, it's a buck a month to get all the shit that we're producing custom for the Patreon side. So we're trying we're we're trying to do what's what, what's what's right by by y'all, but also offering another uh, avenue to support us. Uh, yeah, and a lot of that stuff is not none of it's going to be our core content, which is TV stuff. No, 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 uh, no. It's going to be like Q and A stuff yeah. and just extra bonus. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's going to be like a weekly like hangout or a video hangout and like a monthly kind of anything podcast. So. Uh, check that out at patreon.com slash bald move. Please check, check it out and see our video. I think it's kind of funny. We're comparing or comparing and contrasting our reaction to one of the worst finales I can remember, season three of The Walking <laughs> Dead, with what it would look like if we were uh, The walk, Watching Dead sponsored by AMC. I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty funny. and uh, We had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, check it out there at patreon.com slash bald move. Of course, that link will be in our show notes. Um, and I think that's about all I want. You know, there's the Amazon stuff, there's subliminal stuff, but we've already bored you enough. Let's get right into the feedback, shall we? Sure. Uh, DC, our friend D, uh, wants to know what Mickey Doyle is up to. <laughs> our favorite uh, crazy laughing, oh, God. Uh, life insurance having dipshit. Mm-hmm. Dead by now, right? You think he's cashed Nucky, in the yeah, policy? That's the first thing he went to when he went to make this uh, yeah, Bacardi fuck, deal. Fuck this breadline. Yeah. I'm just taking out Doyle. Boom, quarter million right in my pocket. Yep, and, and I, I made my life unequivocally better. Do you do you think we'll? I I I, I wonder if we will see that he still holds down some minor position. We haven't seen nah, anything going on in Atlantic it. City. I doubt it. Doyle is not smart enough to survive seven years. What about Eddie Cantor? He's one of my other mm. favorite minor characters. I know he had the falling out with Nucky over Nucky strong-arming him, getting together with Billy Kent on the show. Yeah. Never really has been the same since then. In fact, I don't even know if he was in season four. Uh, he one was, of my, but way, way in the background. One of my favorite bit characters. Do you think we'll see him before the series is over? Nope. No, really? I think he's gone too, yeah. Damn, 0 for 2. Seven years is a long time. It is a long time. And I feel like we have enough characters involved in the mix already that six episodes is not going to be much. Uh, Andrew T. said, they said paging when calling someone in the 30s? Who knew? Um I did some research, and it, you know, because we're talking about paging as in the context of pagers. Yeah, like beepers. Apparently, the name of of, of uh, the pager got its name from the content from the custom of paging people over an intercom. It's not like I think and, uh, Andrew here huh. is thinking it's the other way around, and this is some sort of anachronism. But it turns out that uh, no pager, the technology got its got its term from paging the thing. Yeah, I read that 1904 was the first use of page. As a term for getting someone, ah. getting a hold of someone. Al Capone, he's a uh, a tastemaker, a trendsetter. Yeah. He also continued, said they filmed a lot of the season in Yonkers, which is right under Dobbs Ferry where The Leftovers is filmed. HBO loves Westchester. Hmm. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. I'm digging their new uh, boardwalk set. I really like... Uh, it just seems like this show always consistently seems like a lot of money gets spent on it. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like great. a million bucks. Yep. Uh, Shane B., uh, our old pal that does the Heisenberg Chronicles on Tumblr, said, uh, I did some digging about the bath sequence. It was a form of hydrotherapy called continuous bath time. <laughs> Wait, that's my – that's all of my alone time. Uh, also, it's our new <laughs> podcast series that we're starting next week, continuous bath time. It's like epic meal time except more bath. More, more echoey. Bathing. More echoey. A lot a more water more. dripping sounds. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and then uh, he's, he linked a couple articles, which I'm going to link in the show notes, which is interesting. 
And apparently this was like the dominant theory of how to treat mentally insane people is to calm them down with warm baths for hours and sometimes days at a time. Wow. I don't – I just feel like you just can't get that rowdy when you got a full body prune. Like you can't bend your You're joints. Right. It's uh-huh. And uh, – that the, that the the strappy stuff was to both keep the heat in and also to restrain the uh, the people yeah. being treated and the chemical uh, the drug therapy and electroshock therapy that debuted in the fifties swept this aside because a lot of sanitariums had these uh, systems but they were very labor intensive because you had to have people go around checking the the water temperature and mm. you had to have like several nur- you know you, you I thought it was kind of unrealistic you had like two or three nurses. Watching like 30 bathtubs in the scene is just in- incredibly labor intensive. So it went out of favor with electroshop and chemical therapy. Yeah. But interesting. I'm going to link that in our show notes. Nathan M. said, I want to recommend a great book on Cuba that covers a lot of the characters on Boardwalk. It's called Havana Nocturne, How the Mob Owned Cuba and Then Lost It to the Revolution. It's a book by TJ English. Uh, he links to an NPR Fresh Air with Terry Gross interview with this guy who he calls the the Cliff Notes version of the book that got him to buy it. Uh, He says, I've been legally to Cuba three times. It's an amazing place. It still has the patina of magic from the pre-revolutionary times. A lot of the hotels from the mob are still there and various states of disrepair. You can still see the shadow of the opulence that was once there. Grand homes just falling apart. Hmm. Old cars from the 50s. He continues, Cubans are incredibly pro-American and treat any American there as a special visitor to the country. Uh, They're very excited for you to be there. It's really sad to see what Cuba has become. But I bet once the Castros are gone, that Cuba resume its historic linkages to the U.S. and its role as premier destination spot. Uh, I'm going to link that as well, the the book and the NPR article, if you'd like to check that. I I mean, one of the great things about this show is how much it gets you in history. You know, you and I are big Godfather fans, huge plot line about Cuba and Godfather 2. So I'm not going to read this until after the season is over, but definitely is going to be on my uh, books to read list. Cool. So thanks for that, Nathan. Uh, Charity, uh, which some people say begins at home. I say she's a listener in Atlanta. <laughs> she says, uh, when young Commodore visited the Thompson home that pays respects, he said it was a fair deal, Ethan. No one forced you to sell that land. I don't want to read too much into it, but it seems like the Commodore swindled Ethan out of some prime real estate. Mm-hmm. Could be the exact space he's building on the boardwalk on now where only the swells are allowed. If so, that gives way more depth to why Nikki is so adamant about having what's his in Atlantic City. We talked about the first part, but that last point about that maybe Nucky sees this as his his birthright. Interesting. I think that's a very interesting piece of the psychological puzzle. And I really like Charity's take on that. Yeah, and he has kind of taken it over from the Commodore? It's kind of like the... Again, uh, taking it back, liberated his land. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like... Uh, who was that guy in the Bible? Wasn't it like Jacob and his brother? That guy Maybe in the Bible. Maybe he was Eli, too. He, bought, he sold his birthright for a, a mouthful of stew. Uh, it's kind of shades uh, of that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Get a little too leftover for you? A little too much, too much biblical illusion? No, I just don't care to remember anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Second point is in the bath scene of Gillian, the, or Jillian, the nurse turns off the radio and the good listener with Nadine St. Clair comes on. Is Nadine the person who Gillian, Jillian will be writing her letter to as foreshadowed by the head lady at the end? She's going to try to get on a radio show to increase <laughs> hmm. awareness on the way mentally ill people are being treated to hours that long warm is baths. A lot of shit to deal with in six episodes, mm. like an entirely separate 
Uh, that's that's why I like Jillian. the Capone Nucky Margaret theory. It's it's either one or zero degrees of separation between what's going on in the main plot, and it's yeah. You know, you I, can I get that jumping into the action right away. I don't want this season to support a Jillian plot. I don't yeah. want this season to support a standalone Margaret plot. Honestly, I I don't want this season to support a lot of stuff that it focuses on minor characters. You heard it here first. Jim Jones hates women. <laughs> uh, yeah. Season plot I, I lines hate women who have not been important to the plot of the story for two seasons. How about that? Oscar A says, with the time skipping effect, catching audiences up with exposition and whatnot, do you think Terrence Winter originally wanted to take an eight or nine season arc of the Prohibition? Oh, my God. We got a honest to God conspiracy theory going here, Jim. A lot of people are saying this. Like, it was what? supposed to be like eight seasons. Uh, Oscar continues, I asked because of how awesome the end of this black era in America is being portrayed in the show and how the stories move as if the final season is in its ninth year rather than the fifth. It's a testament to their crafty storytelling and subtle nuances in filmmaking to create this effect, at least for me. If the show wants to end with alcohol becoming legal again, it seems to me that Nucky might be able to have his legitimized cake and eat it, too, with a slew of side characters such as Capone, Luciano, Margaret, Eli, Alden. All provide us with a great and violent downfall that HBO can pull off. I know it's early as hell, but what are Nucky's chances of coming out alive and wealthy? Does he compare to Soprano or a Heisenberg? This is one of the best shows, and I'm glad you guys are covering it. Period dramas always get a bad rep, I feel like. A surprisingly lighthearted episode. So, let's take this in order. Do you subscribe to the conspiracy theory that Terrence Winters was squeezed with maybe a velvet glove by HBO? You know, hey man, great, 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 great series you got here. Be ashamed if it had to be cut short and you wouldn't be able to finish it. Was he shaken down by the HBO executives? Uh, or do we believe what he said in public interviews where him and the creative team looked at all the gangster history, they realized how much stuff kind of calmed down after the, the last season where Nucky kind of made uh, an arrangement to kind of control and made peace between New York City and, and Atlantic City. And there was, you know, there's the Valentine Day massacre, and there was obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we got the miss the death of AR. But lots of boring stuff, and he wanted to kind of get to the end. Or do you feel like he originally did have a seven or eight or nine season arc episode going, and he's been he's been forced into retirement? I, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist when it comes to this. I think there were so many loose threads with characters that we liked, uh-huh. particularly Arnold Rothstein. Sure. That... Season five probably looked very different than it does now. Um, just because they don't deal with that at the mm-hmm. end of season four. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you were if you knew you were about to jump ahead seven years, mm-hmm. you would say everybody likes this character. Everybody wants to know what happens to him. Let's flash forward a couple of years, five years, whatever, for an episode or two at the end and show you what happens to Arnold Rothstein. Or why involve him with Margaret on this kind of harebrained plot yeah, side? If that goes nowhere. That goes nowhere. We don't know that it goes nowhere. There obviously but, but is some I, connection. What I'm saying is it feels now like it's Certainly. retconning. Sure. Yeah. Let me add a little spice to the tamale. Mm-hmm. I read an interview, some some other people speculating that this has a lot to do with um, Martin Scorsese and Terrence Winter. They have a new passion project, which involves um, like 60s, 70s eras rock yeah, uh, kind of like the Rolling Stones period, the Led Zeppelin period, and they want to do like some kind of historic 
period piece about that, which seemed like a mm-hmm. tough sell to me. And HBO was coming back and saying, yeah, you know, we might be interested in doing that, but boy, it's be hard, it's hard to justify that with the creative risk we're already taking on the boardwalk. Yeah. You know, you can't really do them both. <laughs> Choose which children, just which child you want to murder. Yeah. That show going to be produced by Mick Jagger, by the way. He's going to be one of the producers. Yeah, um, you're right. They're, they were probably like, we're not going to do both of these. Take your pick. And he decided, you know what? Let's let's clean the slate. Let's do a little tabula rasa here and set up in the seventies. I could see that. Just just it doesn't feel right moving ahead seven years at this no, point. Totally agree. I and that's been my frustration when I thought that the finale, I thought season four of, uh, of you know, contrary to your opinion, was the strongest the Boardwalk has ever been. I really was excited mm-hmm. to see what's going on, going to be going on with Chalky and Narcisse. Narcisse just and, left the scene, right? Yeah. And, you know, they dropped them. Richard Harrow died. It felt like a closing of a chapter, but it's yeah, so wonderfully done. And they sort of set up this thing with AR, uh, Arnold Rothstein, and Margaret. And if that I had so many gut punches, like, oh, this is the final season, and oh, this is only going to be two-thirds of the season you're used to. I, I don't know that I fully buy that this was Winter's creative vision. Yeah. I'm not saying he can't make a, a, a great end to it, but I don't know mm-hmm. that I buy it. And that might be just me as a bitter Boardwalk fan whose show gets no respect. So... Uh, that's all the feedback we got for this week. If you'd like to send us uh, more, you can do so on facebook.com slash bald move, where we have live watching threads every Sunday and we have podcast threads. We can discuss our little insights. Uh, you can also do it at the boardwalk at baldmove.com, And you can also tweet at Jim on Twitter at bald move. Do you have anything else to say before we, uh, we kick it to the, to the, the close? Nope. I think that's it. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll of course be back next week. We actually have a little bit of post show discussion about uh-huh. our, our crowdsource stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. If you're not bored to death by it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Until then I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Okay, crowdsourced funding. Never heard of it. What are we doing here, Jim? What are we trying to do? Uh, we're trying to butter the bread. <laughs> we're trying. What we're really doing is trying to make the bread. We're trying to cash out before we get we get <laughs> killed by podcasting. Uh, no, no, that's not how it's going. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, we're we're trying to make this full time podcasting work. That's very. It's very difficult to do this, and the fact that we've been so successful is kind of amazing unto itself. Um, you know, there's sure. not a lot of independent podcasters that are not already independently famous and or wealthy that are getting paid off podcasts. In fact, most of the people that are the rich and famous folk kind of use it for publicity for the stuff that does get them paid, shows, things yeah. of that nature. So we are very much laying the track in front of the locomotive that is the ball, you know, the independent podcasting bald move. We think it's important. We feel like you guys think it's important. Uh, you know, we we just need to to figure out a way to make this 
profitable and sustainable. Yeah, you don't want to be on that train and being able to see the end of the track. And I'd say that we're <laughs> about 70% of the way there. You know, and, and About this, is, there, yeah. this isn't a like, oh, you know, woe is, is Jim and Aaron. I don't want you to feel like that because we, we planned to, for it to take a while to ramp up the full production and mm-hmm. to figure out all the revenue streams. And obvious, honestly, if we were a little bit savvier about advertising and, and networking with, with, uh, with those kind of things that we'd probably be there already. Um, but, you know, we, we've got some savings and we've got some funding that's kind of making up the gap. Uh, but we're trying to figure out how and, and how much we could do it just from crowdsourcing because obviously that's superior. You know, you go chasing advertising. Every minute we spend doing that is one less minute we spend doing stuff that actually makes your guys's uh, commutes and your daily works yeah. and your jogging and your biking and wherever you listen to us more enjoyable and giving you the stuff that you want. Yeah, and it's also a matter of like who do we want to form the relationship with? Sure. The advertisers, the companies that are making the shows that we're covering or sure. the fans. And I think making that connection with the fans and participating in the community is way way superior. Right. To to having to being in the pockets of bad people. Sure. To be like to use an example from this episode, being beholden to these people who are giving us handouts. That's Yeah. That's I want to go to Mayflower want. Grain and 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 Hawk uh, Hawk Captain Crunch and Post Cereal and no. have to admit that I'm a bootlegger. Right, that's not <laughs> good. I um, so I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, do you really want to hear Bald Move talking about how great Stamps.com is? Yeah, and you know, and, try, and Hawk and Squarespace, and, yeah, all that stuff. Or would you rather just uh, listen to us do the stuff that we do the best and have us concentrate on that and not worry about that? So that's where Subbable, that's where Amazon, you know, the you know, just to reiterate, I constantly get emails from people wondering whether that makes a difference, whether if their stuff actually gets there. Mm-hmm. It does. Like if you go to Amazon.BaldMove.com, whatever you buy within the next 24 hours, we will get credit for, and it's not nothing. It's o- actually only if you're in the U.S. Though, no, uh, that link only works in the U.S. If you're somewhere else, you've got to go to our support page and click on your country. So if you're link. Canadian, you're U- UK, you're French, you're German, or go to our website and click Spanish, the banner. Uh, the- Japanese. I'm trying to think of all the different places that we have a regional presence in. You can go to. You can either click on the banner or you go to baldmove.com/support-us. Um, but we get fully 33% of our funding through the Amazon affiliate. So that's a great way to support us. Yeah. It doesn't really cost you anything for using Amazon. Like I do, I use Amazon all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the subable, you know, we, we went with subable, like we talked about in the podcast, cause we like the brothers green. We like the crowdsourcing function and it's been super successful for us. It's gotten us another 33% of our funding there. Um, you know, we've got a little percentage like you can tell, um, and we re- decreased that when we went to Patreon, we went ahead and reduced, you know, the level of how much, because we felt like, you know, you don't want to double dip. No, no, no. So that's not what the Patreon thing is about. The Patreon no. thing is about giving people access to different things that Subable is not set up to do. Right. Like we can't do any kind of recurring membership style stuff on Subable. It just doesn't work. The, the platforms are different, right? Yeah. So Subable is all about you do this and we do that for you. Like a very get retail transaction. You can get a physical item. You can get a custom podcast. You can get a phone call with me and Jim. And it's all designed to track that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Patreon's got the opposite problem. They have no way to really track fulfillment or do that uh, quid pro quo type stuff. What it's designed to set up is to sell access to extra content and, and features. 
Yeah, ongoing things that you get, not, not as like a one-off. Like a T-shirt sure. on Patreon doesn't work because if we charge you 25 bucks a month, well, that's the cost of the T-shirt for us, but the, now you're paying next 25 month, bucks you're month. paying for nothing. Yeah, you're getting screwed out of a T-shirt. Yeah, so that doesn't work for us. Um, so what we're seeing, there's another thing that we're kind of excited is that Patreon can help us hit milestones to fund other things you like. Cause people are wondering, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, Facebook's all right. I think Twitter is not so good, but people have wondered, you know, where is a place where we can go? You know, what's a preferred way to interact with you guys? What's a preferred way to interact with our fellow fans? Where can we do things like vote? People have been talking about pooling, you know, they love the custom podcasts, and like, why can't twenty five like minded fans get together and chip in ten bucks a piece and 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 get for a, a, a custom podcast? We would love that idea. We think that idea is awesome. We just have no technical way to do it, and we don't have the time to develop a technical solution. We're taking taking a baby step there with both of these initiatives on um, uh, on uh, Patreon. And that we have a $500 milestone. As soon as we hit that $500 mile milestone, that will give us the clear mandate to go and set up a forum on baldmove.com. Yeah. It's going to be a full-featured forum. It's going to have you know, Facebook login integration, so you don't need an extra account. Um, I have a couple other in- login integrations. Or if you don't have that, you can go ahead and sign up account. We're going to have forums set up for the different podcasts and the shows you do. You guys can – like if we're not talking about a show you want to talk about, you can create your own threads. Um, it's got some cool gamification features. You can earn badges for participating in the forums. Certainly. It's that, stuff it, like that. And we can do things like hold votes for stuff, uh-huh. which is going to be ta- important for the next standpoint. Or the next thing we're talking about, there's a $1,000 monthly milestone. So if we ever get a, to a Patreon up to that, that entitles the community to a custom podcast, a crowdsourced custom podcast. And what that means is we're going to have a vote on these forums where everybody suggests the things that they want, you know, and the way these things work is up. We will consume up to two hours of media. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's a couple episodes of your favorite show, whatever. And then Jim and I will do the bald move treatment on it. We talk about it. we got several examples of different movies and television shows. We've done that. We just did one on the wire. Um, that's pretty popular. So that if you got a popular thing that you can get kind of campaign and get everybody's vote, we will do that. And it's kind of a way for you to, at a very small cost to get a custom, a commissioned podcast that we would otherwise not do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of other cool things. Like at a dollar a month, you get uh, every piece of content we're going to produce on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, and there's some that's only Patreon only. The custom podcasts were released to everybody, but only to people that are on Patreon. Patreon only patrons will be able to vote for it. Mm-hmm. At the three dollar level, you get that stuff. Uh, and also you get access on the dollar level to our show notes, I believe. Yeah. So what that means is I take live notes as I'm watching the show. That's where I compile the feedback. You can kind of see a little bit of behind the scenes if you care to, um, you know, how Jim and I kind of organized the show, which might be of interest to, you know, people that are aspiring to be podcasters uh-huh. or if you're just a big fan. The $3 level, we're going to give you a custom feed that eliminates all ads. There's no, like, if we have a sponsor for Audible or Hover or whatever, you don't hear all that shit. In fact, you won't hear any pimping. You'll hear, a, like, a five-second message of thanking you for being a patron, and then it's just pure bald move content from there on out. Yeah, we might actually still announce, like, when we're doing events, like, appearances and stuff. Yeah, stuff like, that we're not paid for, like... The Breaking Bad Fan Fest that we're doing. I, but we might even, like, do that once and then cut it out the rest of the podcast. Or, like, yeah. the Walker Stalker Con, if there's a contest, we might let you know. But We still want you guys to know about cool things. We don't, we don't want the Patreon feed to be missing out 
Yeah. Arguably. And we'll yeah. fine tune that as we get feedback. But that's the the big what is the other thing that they get access to at that uh, level? At three dollar level? Yeah. They get access to what we're calling the working drive, which is basically a uh Google Drive folder where we'll keep kind of extras that yeah. that we've made uh in the past and things that we might make in the future. Maybe it's a video that we've shot but we're only halfway through editing, maybe it's mm-hmm. a note for a, a new show that we're doing, maybe it's uh a business document talking about, you know, our latest crowdsourced initiative with Patreon. Who yeah, knows? I, I used to make banners for every single episode. Right. Uh that are kind of funny and and cool and those are up there. Yeah, so that's something um and also um the other thing that you unlock at the dollar level and the other level is there's a you're going to be a VIP section of the forum mm-hmm. where it's yeah. only for patrons. Uh, so you can go hang out with us, and we're going to be using that site to talk about you know new shows we're going to do, um, kind of gauge interest for th- for future content, some other special things that you know give you kind of like special access. And we price that to where you know a buck a month at, in most of people's reach. You know, so I don't want to exclude yeah. anybody. Um, $5 a month. At this point, you get everything. Plus, uh, you get access to a live feed uh, of all of our podcasts. So if you want to hear instant takes, literally instantly, you can go to that and actually get it. The archives, of course, will go to everybody. But if you want that immediacy, mm-hmm. uh, we're also going to have um, what we're calling Lunch with Jim and Aaron, where at least once a week we'll turn on the cameras in the studios and we'll just talk about, you know, maybe it'll be Jim and I talking about politics and religion. Maybe we'll be talking about um the shows we've been watching maybe we'll be talking about something else maybe we'll take questions from the people watching and interact with you we don't really yeah. know but it's going to be a weekly extra uh bit of content that you can participate in and every other patron can access as an archive it'll mostly be me eating burritos i think <laughs> you eat a lot of fucking burritos uh, mostly burrito eating on that you, feed you, you so if a- you're into burrito eating Mm-hmm. I'm world class. You look Check like, it out. You look like a steam flour <laughs> tortilla lately. It's it's becoming a problem. Um, and uh, so we so we got basically those kind of interactive things. We might have some other levels, or we might add levels. Obviously, if we hit the forum milestone, that'll unlock the forums for everybody. And if we unlock the thousand dollar custom content podcast, that'll unlock the voting thread for everybody. We'll do once a month. If you have any suggestions, mm-hmm. please send that in to. Um, Patreon at baldmove.com. Uh, if you have any questions about this, again, you know, obviously we need money, and I'm not I'm not above begging for money, but we also <laughs> want it to be something that hopefully you feel like you're getting something out of, and it's something that you feel excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it helps no one to just have you know bullshit rewards and bullshit access levels that nobody cares about. Yeah, so. Uh, but check it out. We'd appreciate it if you guys take a look at it and uh, tell us what you think. And uh, hopefully you guys will become uh, patrons. Anything else you want to add, Jim? Nope. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this pitch that we, you know, we're not going to do this again. This is the one time. We'll probably have this on all of our podcasts this week, but this is the, the one time deal that you that you can listen to it or not. And uh, it'll just become part of our pitch unless you're a patron and you won't hear it ever again. <laughs> <laughs>